to the Coach V Show, powered by Island City, where the beach meets the streets, where right here they put on the only personal development radio show coming from a Polynesian brother in Hollywood, broadcast from Dash Radio Studios, where iron sharpens iron, together we rise. In this episode of the Coach V Show, whether you're listening on the Dash Radio app, on Facebook Live, or um, on YouTube, just know this, we are humbled and juiced to have Brother Gotti from the Booyah tribe share his success, his life, and his life lessons on this show where he'll be talking about how he got an opportunity just to see his older brothers grinding in the industry and trying to make a way to making millions, signing contracts, doing 24 city city tours uh, here in the United States, going to New Zealand. It's a very inspiring story, not from a Polynesian standpoint only either. Because he's Polynesian, that makes it enticing for a Tongan brother in the audience it is that I have. But even more so from a human perspective, that as he says, if you put God first and family along with culture, that was his message to the world that he's going to be sharing on this show. You put that first, everybody got a chance to do what they want in life, leadership and business, whether you succeed or not. We will always have those things. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Coach B Show, powered by the Island City Media Group, where the beach meets the streets. And now a word from our sponsor. Souls is more than just for saving your floors. It also prevents heel bruises and pains from unbalanced cleats. Hi, my name is Daniel Bruckner. I'm a private practice uh, pediatrician here in Southern California, as well as the chair of pediatrics at um, uh, Providence Cedar sinai Tarzana Hospital and a good friend of Wendy's and also the pediatrician of her children. And I'd like to uh, take this time to support her product, Souls. Um, I think it's an amazing product that will benefit children greatly. And uh, every day we see kids come from soccer practice, things like that. They don't want to uh, take off their cleats, so they come in and, and I've seen uh, accidents, I've seen sprained ankles, I've seen hurt heels, and I think that this Souls product will really uh, help uh, prevent those from happening, uh, not only as a pediatrician, but also as a consumer. I can't wait to get the product for myself and for my children. I think it's something that should be owned by every athlete across the country, and um, I really hope that uh, everyone goes and buys it and enjoys it. Thank you. Souls will have memory foam and TPE mesh that will wrap around the cleats. After showing my product to my professional friends, I realized one thing. This isn't a product people want, it's a product people need. Souls, taking you from the cleats to the streets. Welcome to the Coach V Show, your Hollywood radio show for personal development with expert insights and interviews to help you, me, and we work to be our best and live our best life. Brought to you by Island City Media, where the beach meets the streets right here on your personal development show, where iron sharpens iron, together we rise. We are blessed to have one of the greats that I grew up listening to growing up in Pomona, California. We have brother Vincent DeVoe, no more so by his entertainment name, Gotti, is part of the globally known hip hop group, the Booyah Tribe. The group also consists of his older brothers, Godfather, Cobra, Monster O, Gangsta Red, and Murder One. Godfather is the visionary and leader of the group, created the concept of having a live band accompanying their show, as well as incorporating live singing and harmonies. Their fresh show idea helped set them apart at the time from a typical DJ and rapper set, catching the attention of several music industry executives and would eventually lead to their first major label signing in 1989 with Island Records. Under Chris Blackwell, the same man to discover Bob Marley, Booyah Tribe has been praised for years by many of their colleagues and peers in the music industry as being innovators and pioneers of their rap genre. Throughout their tenure, they would explore different areas within the entertainment business, as well as, for example, Gotti's small yet very memorable role in the blockbuster film, The Italian Job, alongside Mr. Mark Wahlberg himself and Charlie's Terrence. 
The brothers ventured into other businesses over the years too, delving into worlds of tattoo artistry, clothing retail, restaurant chanura, a private security detail, cannabis, and most recently music artist management. Music is still their passion. However, with the recent loss of two founding members of Booyah, rest in peace, Godfather and Gangster Red, they've decided to exert their energies into helping mentor the next generation of Polynesian music artists with a few projects on the horizon near completion that will serve as the odes to their brothers that have gone on before them. They also look forward to sharing their stories, their memoirs, and the highly anticipated documentary slated to be released soon. Welcome to the show, your boy, Gotti Divo. Gotti, welcome mm. from Las Vegas, man. Welcome for making time to be on the show. No problem. What's up, Coach V? Um, thank you for having me, and I appreciate the honor. It's an honor respect. Nah, thank <clears throat> you, and shout out to brother Joey Kenga. Goes by his legal name, brother Q, who connected us. How, how are you and Q connected? I'm, I'm assuming I know, but tell us a story about how you and Q are connected, Gotti. Uh, Q has been um, we connected from back home. I mean, back in California, when he was doing um, his podcast um, with um, the barbecue show, and then yep, and when we met up, and it was like. Like just like when we once once we connected, the vibe was always good with Q, man. He's always a solid, good brother, uh, good entrepreneur, just good at good at heart. So, you know, when real recognize real, you know, you you always gotta um, you always gotta grab that, you know, with someone with good vibes and and just uh, you know, and you wanna be around people like that, you know, to uplift and you know, it goes both ways and Ever since then, you know, me and Q have been connected, you know, and um, it's like a brotherhood. Yes. So so along with your brothers, uh, Gotti, uh, brother, brother, Big Paul Tuivai, who we share mm. the last name and yeah. we, we never knew really how we were related. But because he right. was successful and I was somewhat successful, we claimed each other. Come on, come on, Gotti, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> so rest in peace to those yeah. guys. And did you cross paths a lot with those guys as well, with Brother Paul, your your brothers, yeah. and Q, right? Yeah, uh, Big Paul, rest in peace. Uh, he was like also like a consultant and a mentor to me and my brothers because he was in the industry, but he was, in, he, he was involved in the industry like – the business side you know we were the artists you know yes, he was more he was there you know moving just once we seen another polynesian it was like you know we got introduced to paul it was like like, like i said it was brother you know how our polys get out you see one yes, so with the respect and just seeing him around the realm of you know and making deals with you know with cash money mm -hmm. over there and you know i see a lot of people don't know that and you know, and Paul always, always gave us that advice. Like when we did this, when we wanted to go independent, you know, Paul gave us that advice. You know, he was always there, always open ears. You know, he'll come to the studio and listen to our music and just, you know, and just give us that good vibe of, you know, of us learning the business because at that time we were just artists, but we wanted to learn the business also, you know, about doing the label, doing the independent label, what if we go independent? Or what if we go back to a major labor? Paul always gave us that, you know, good, uh, um, you know, that good consultant that he was. You know, we he's dearly missed. He's dearly missed. We really missed him. And, you know, yes, we gotta keep his legacy, keep his legacy going. Also, you know. Yes, sir. So, Gotti, please introduce yourself. Uh, you could start in any way that you feel appropriate. Um, and I do, I would love to also just tell your story, Gotti's story from Genesis Point. Where were you born? Or you could start professionally. Please introduce uh, us. I, I, I went through your bio, but I feel yeah. like from what I've heard, there's so much more. Like, where did you grow up and all that? Could you share that with us, please? Yeah, um, born and raised in Carson, California. You know, um, <clears throat> um my childhood was in Carson, California, born and raised. Um, parents, you know, are minister, were ministers of the AOG, Simone AOG Church. 
and just grew up in Carson, you know, and, um, you know, Carson was the Mecca at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, where a lot of Carlos Samoans came from when they came from Hawaii and when the future, future came from from Samoa to Hawaii to a lot of people came to Carson because of, of the jobs of, you know, the shipyard and the docks and a lot of military. You know, my dad was in the Navy, you know. So uh, born and raised, you know, and six brothers, one sister, you know, and I have a huge family. So in my family, you know, there's a lot of us. <laughs> we don't say uh, cousins, you know, my parents taught us to say brothers and sisters. Yes, sir. So, yeah, so uh, my parents come from, both of my parents are from the village of Pagupango uh, from American Samoa. And uh, yeah, just born and raised in Carson, you know, went through the church and then just seeing my brothers, you know, before me, you know, I learned a lot from them. You know, when they started the street dancing and at me, I was young. I, you know, I wasn't part of it. I was just, my thing was I was just sponging up everything they were doing, mm-hmm. you know, and especially when they got to the street dancing, to the music and business, you know, like, you know, I always just kept sponging, you know, just learning. That's all I was doing, you know, and, and that's what you got to do is, you know, a lot of people want to be bosses and all that, but you want to be that person that want to learn you know, to put you in that position. Yes, sir. So my brother Godfather, you know, he was a visionary. He was always ahead of his time. You know, he thought different. He thought out of the box, took a lot of risks, you know, and, and um, you know, there's a saying, there's a risk, there's reward. And that's how I just learned off of him and my other brothers and just kept going with it and just, uh, and I took that, that, that platform into what I do now in business now is, you know, me and my brother Kova and, you know, our brother Monster still alive. And we're just trying to keep our other brother's legacy. Just keep it going. And, you know, besides the music, you know, we have other pillars that we we opened up, you know, with other business partners. And uh, just take care of our family, man. Just keep the legacy going for the next future, for the next generation. Yes, sir. And, and so, Gotti, talk to us about what, what, the times were like uh, mid eighties, early nineties, talk about growing up in Carson and really the struggles that you had to overcome as a family, going to assemblies of God in Carson, right? I, I know a lot of very talented brothers that can, I know the Uyangalele brothers, we went to Ganesha yes. High together. Yes. Yeah, yes. and their, their yes. assemblies yes. of God, yes. boy, yes. they were like the Samoan team. Jackson five, right? I mean, yes. talk, yes. About, talk about the struggles of growing up in the church, growing up Samoan, being in yeah. Carson, that's not an easy neighborhood to be no. back in those days, right, Gotti? Talk about no. that and life lessons that help pull you guys through, Gotti, please. Um, yeah, it was, you know, it was a struggle, you know, because in the days, either, either you're going to play football or sports or you're going to go the other route, you know, and, you know, game bang or, you know, or, or, or dope dealing, you know. So, you know, us being coming from the church, you know, you know, my dad, we learned our music from the church. You know, my dad right. just, all of a sudden, you know, when so just put instruments in front of us, okay, you guys can learn how to play this. But I came from a talented family. It came from, you know, my dad's side of the family, ancestors, all my uncles, and they all grew up, you know, all pastors in church. So, you know, it's from American Samoa to, to the mainland, you know, music was in my family. So, as a matter of fact, you know, it was in like in them days, you know, we had our own school in Pango Pango. The Miguel's had their own school. That's my dad's uh, family. Mm. And, you know, the founder at that time was, you know, um, my dad's um, grandma's um, brother, um, Yeti, Yeti Miguel. He started his own school. He had his, he was the first, he was the founder of the first Samoan family of God. And then it went from his daughter to his son-in-law and they brought it to America. So my dad, you know, changed his life from, you know, what he was doing, you know, Pops wasn't, you know, he wasn't, <laughs> my dad wasn't a really a, a good guy. You know, my dad was, you know, he came from, he had his time in the crime, you know, so right. when he became a minister and, you know, your kids, you want your kids to grow up, you know, and to live like Christ. And, but the thing that I give to my parents is that they, they planted a seed in us 
no matter what, what we did, even when we went against the grain with the church, we still had that seed, that foundation that they built for us that we do believe in God. You know, there is a God, you know, so, and all the prayers that they did, you know, from comes down from my great grandma to my, you know, grandma to my, my father, just the prayers of us being alive in the city of Carson, because it was a struggle. And in those days growing up in the 80s, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm from the 70s or the late 70s to the 80s. Right, right. Those times were crucial because- Oh of, yeah. You know, because gangbanging was really, you know, you got the 70s, it was it, it, it was on and cracking. And then yep. the 80s when the, when the crack game came, when the crack game came on the 80s, oh, it was money and now it got worse. So us being in church, you know, they always, there was always a saying that, you know, the pastor's kids are the worst kids in the church. Right, you know? right. So my brothers, you know, they were, you know, you know, besides being in church, you know, after church, it was, it was on and crack, you know, you know, my brother Red and, you know, Monster and Cole and Gava, they were just, just doing their street thing and just keep doing, you know, and family members that's, you know, part of my family too, that it was like, you know, church wasn't even in, you know, like holding the Bible and all that wasn't now. It was all about surviving and where we lived at. And then, and it was hard at that time because especially being a poly, mm. you know, we couldn't, we, we were trying to find our own identity because we wasn't black, we wasn't Mexican. So what were we? So we had to start our own identity and start our own, you know, which, which they did with, you know, the Mecca came from, you know, from the gang life, you know, it started from the, everybody at that time that you know, was all going to Scott Park. Mm-hmm. That was, the, that was our park there in those days. And, and then you had like Big John, you know, see, that's what we're missing. You know, there's no more Big John no more. Cause when Big John was alive, he was for the people, he was for the community. And, you know, us waking up in the morning on them Saturdays, going to Scott Park and just, you know, knowing that we got free lunch, we're learning our culture with the Big John. And then... And you're talking the Big about John, Big John Money Maluna. Maluna. Yeah. yeah. Big brother, rest in peace. Yes, sir. And you see Big John, he was for the community. And then when he brought the Samoan Athletic in action, yeah. it made kids to realize that, wow, I can be, I can be in the end of, I can, I can try to make it, I can, there's another route. Yeah. You know, and then when Big John passed away, it just, you know, the community ain't gotten worse. There was no direction for our, our own kids. Mm-hmm. Everybody was all over the place, you know, and people were complaining to the churches that the Samoans were regulating on this and that, and there was gang fights and this and that, you know. And, you know, um, but when we had Big John, you know, we had the old uh, team posts, mm. you know, where you, you, know, you go there and you, you learn our culture, you learn our, our Samoan alphabets, you, you learn how to do the salsa, and you know, it, it, you get free lunch and you learn about things in church. It was the program that Big John did for all of us. And mm-hmm. when he passed away, that was it. That whole gap from the 80s when John, Big John passed, it, it was free. So everybody was just doing their own thing and makes all it just everybody left Sky Park and started doing their own neighborhood. Next you got East Side, West Side, there's no war was going on. And, you know, then the dope game came in in the 80s and it was on and cracking. And the struggle was hard, man. It was hard because yeah. you couldn't focus on, you, know, you try to play football, you try to do this. You know, and the, what saved me and my brother was our music. You know, was our music. You know, when we lost a brother in 88, that was it. You know, that was the line, fine line of, this is it, man. We need to go to, to do our music so, so we can get out of that. That, you know, that, you know, get out of the ghetto. You know, that's what we're trying to do to make it, you know, and that's what we did. And the music saved our lives to survive and what the struggle was real in Carson, California. You know? Right, right. What, what, those decades, right? Because when you were younger, the Watts riots came through, right? That was the 60s, yeah. yeah. You, that was way yeah. young, oh, right? Yeah. I, I, that was way, that's when Godfather, that's when he was, that was his era was, you know, yep. the one to watch right that time. And then we had the Rodney King riots, right? Down yeah, in SoCal. Yeah, what was that? Was yeah. that late 80s, early 90s? Early no, 90s. That was yeah. Early 90s, yeah. Yep. Yeah. We did that. And then we, you know, we were part of that. You know, we went to some neighborhoods. You know, we we went to Great Street, you know, we rolled the park village, uh, you know, us and some of the park village, you know, so you know, we all 
you know, we went to different neighborhoods, you know, we went through the jungles, we went here, you know, just to show our support, you know, but as Paulie's, but remember like our identity, you know, it's, in those days, it's hard because, you know, Simone wasn't recognized of just being big and this and that, but we wasn't black and we wasn't Mexican, you know, so the Simones, you know, so the Paulies, we just started our own and and now it's generation of it, you know, and now it's just, uh, it's time to try to stop what's going on now, you know. Right. So, so talk about, so would that be your life lesson is to, to find something that, that keeps you grounded, find your why, because you, you refer to it as your music. I always feel like for my family and I coming from Tonga, it's like it was faith. Our number one life lesson, because we had nothing and faith made us grateful for what we didn't have, grateful yeah. for what we did have, and then focus on with whatever it is we had moving forward. For you, that's music. Any other life lessons from the 80s before we get into how your music started, Dottie? Um, I agree with you. You know, if it wasn't for faith. You know, like you mm. said, you know, we came from nothing, you know. And I mean, our dad, our parents, they worked hard. That was their life, their era, their generation was just to know to go to work, come with the check, and that check to pay the bills, you know, check the check, you know. But we lived on faith, you know, like just like how you, how you and your family did. And, yes, sir. But, but when the music got involved in our, in ours, that's what made us survive. Of this is the route we want, McGowan. We want to go this route now, you know, because we're losing too many people, family members getting killed, and. Mm -hmm. a, lot of family, a lot of my a lot of my family members are going doing prison time, you know. So you know, my family are doing all you know going to jail for five to ten years, and you know, and just that's something that Godfather's like, man, this is this is the way we ain't trying to go, you know. Let's let's just just get this music going, and that's what made us change our whole. Especially losing my brother, that was it. It was more of okay, it's time to uh, really focus on this music and see what God got in store for us. And next you know, we're focused. And then next you know, we're signing to one of the biggest labels at that time with Island Records. <laughs> yeah. And then so talk about that. How, how did that connect and talk about like the grind? Because people see the flash and they see the success, but they don't see the failure, right? So I also interviewed Leroy Wolfgram from the Jets, yeah. right? Where, man, they couldn't get signed. People said, man, you guys are like a, a low-class menudo in the 80s, yes. right? They got turned down over and over again. And I know and I've heard and I've lived the Booyah movement when I, I was younger, though, right? I was in right. junior high and all that while you guys were doing your stuff. And in high school, junior college. But talk to, talk to the audience about the struggle, how you had to persevere, and then how you got connected with Island Records. Please, Dottie. Yeah, it was, it, the struggle was hard for my brothers. They were, because in the music industry, you know, you have to get accepted. Like, you know, for a label to put money, millions behind you, and for the crowd to accept, like, oh, who are these guys? Just like you said, when the Jets first came out, when you did the interview, they said, oh, look, yeah, with us was like, Oh, okay, these guys are doing hip hop, or you guys are black because hip hop is urban. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're not, you're not white. You're not this. What are you guys? Right. And then they you know they see a, a band with the hip hop music. They're like, hey, oh wait, a band? Nah, nah, this ain't gonna work. I mean, we had doors. My brothers and them had doors. Labels they want to sign. Plus, my brothers look too crazy. Right, right. All the tattoos, the long hair, the, mm -hmm. the way they were dressed, you know, they were like, oh, no, these are like some real motherfuckers in the street. I'm oh, sorry, but you know, these are like some real deal. You know, no, we're not going to sign these guys. Yeah. But, we, you know, they just kept pushing. I mean, there was a lot of doors that were closed. Right. You know, and, and, and the grind was just, all we did was just, my brothers and them just kept going to Hollywood and kept doing these little mini shows and just keep doing that, these little shows in Hollywood and they dominated. So the word was getting out in Hollywood. It was a band. It was a hip hop band. And, oh yeah, what are they? And people were just coming in, and and next thing you know, one little small Palangi lady named Kim Bowie walked into the old Sugar Shack in Hollywood and was like, "Oh my God, who are these guys?" Right. See the whole show and just like, I need to make a call. And she told Godfather, "Man, I, this is my card." And 
I'm an A&R from um, Violet Records, and I love what I've seen. I've never seen a band with, with hip-hop, you know, and, you know, with vocals and this and that, and, and everything you guys are talking about is all reality, is real street, you know. And next thing you know, um, she made a call to Chris Blackwell, and he flew down, and he was like, man, sign these brothers. You know, but the struggle was hard, though. You know, it wasn't, you know, like you got these days now, the social media. Back in those days, the grind was hard. It was, it was double, it was triple time mm-hmm. because you, everything was labor. Everything was sweat, sweat equity. You had to get your sweat on, like, we had to go here, we had to go there. We had to go to these uh, conventions, these hip-hop conventions. Like, back in the days, it was called Jack the Rabbit. That's where all the new artists come and everyone's there. You know, just to mingle and hear the new music, what's coming out, you know, and, you know, you had to go there, you had to be there, not just, you know, like, you know, like, we don't, you know, get on Zoom or, yeah, or yeah, you know, yeah. Or you yeah, can just yeah. email. No, everything was, uh, was hardcore work, you know, it was all footwork, you know. But uh, yeah, the struggle was hard, man. It wasn't easy. It was not easy, not like these days, but. You know, thank God that, you know, uh, he made a way that, you know, the brothers got, you know, my brothers got signed to Island Records and and that was it. It was, uh, that was uh, just the debut and start of a branding the name Booty Tribe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a story. And, and, and t- tell me this, if you agree, Gotti, one of the things that I feel like are a, a, a misconception about success is that at some point things get easier. And I remind all of my clients, as well as the corporate companies it is that I coach, is that you never leave the struggle. You just graduate from one level of struggle to the next level of struggle. It's different. The same struggles you had, you may have alleviated or come up with solutions for that. The marketing of how to sell tickets. But then when you go up to the next level, there's a struggle there that's different that you've never experienced. Is that true or not true, Gotti, in, in terms of your guys' experience? Very true. Very true, what you just said. You just graduated from that, that next, uh, the next level of struggle because, see, a lot, of, a lot of people didn't know just because you got signed, you got to go to another level. You got to sell units. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and if, you, if you don't sell over 100,000 units in those days, they, they drop you. Right. That's more embarrassing because you're right. like, yeah, we just signed, we just signed. All of a sudden, oh man, you guys can even sell that much units, you know. And so, you know, there was another thing to it. You have to sell over certain units to them to keep you on the label. And right. thank God that we sold over, you know, a hundred thousand units, you know. Yeah. So that's what kept us with Island, you know. But the the struggle, it's like you said, it just graduated to another, and after that, then. Next thing you got to brand your name is getting out there on tour, you know, merchandise, but everything was going, like, like you said, it was different levels of it, you know, and then your goal is, is to go gold and platinum. You know, that's, that's when the money really comes in, you know? So it, 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 it just like you said, you know, it, it, it's not just, can we sign? No, no. Let's see if you guys can stay on the label because if you don't sell those units, you're going to get dropped. Right. That's more embarrassing. No doubt, no doubt. And talk about the pressure, Gotti, right? Like for me, bro, I'm a professional speaker, but I started Mm. speaking for free so that I could have get in front of people, right? Right. And then I remember my first $10,000 one hour engagement for 10 grand. (coughs) Gotti, the pressure was tremendous. It's like, it's, it was so easy when it was for free. But now there's a certain level of expectation, accountability to earn that cheddar and bring value. Is that true or not true? Did you guys experience that, Gotti? Yes, we did. Because when we first signed with Island Records, you know, the first check was 175000 Right. Yeah, so we're like, oh, man, you know, we're young. So what is in your mind? Oh, I'm going to get the get, get, get the Rollins, get the cheer, get that. Yeah, yeah. Get, the Mercedes, get this, get this house, get that. But didn't really think about investing on, you know, you know, on business, you know, to because 175 in those days, yeah, it was a lot of money. It goes quick. It goes <laughs> quick, especially when you have a big family and you got people pulling up at your house, like, <clears throat> you 
telling you that, hey, I got this business plan, you know, I need 30 grand and you can, you know, you can, you know, and, and then all that pressure just comes to you about, you know, like, man, right. we got to stretch this 175, you know, it's not just one brother, we got, you know, it's, you know, we have a huge family, but the pressure was there when my brother got father, he, and, and yeah, he did have a lot of pressure of, you know, just like you said, with the money, because when that 175 came, you know, let you know, you see the cars, you see the houses, yeah, that's cool. But when, when, but when that thing was gone, man, you should look around like, what's our next move? Yeah, that's right. You know, and well, you know, and that's why me and my brothers, you know, you know, and you live and learn. Yes, sir. Yes, learn. sir. And you know, my dad always taught us, if you don't live and learn, if you don't, you know, to learn what mistakes you did, you're never gonna, you're never gonna move forward. Of, you know, and, and everything that, that's why I say that I spun up everything they did. So when I got into the business side of it, you know, I, my goal was to make sure that I didn't make those mistakes. Right. You know, make sure my corporate structure was all 100% up. My attorneys were all locked in. Make sure everything was all safe and protected. You know, especially when you started all these different pillars of businesses, it was, you know, I make sure that I vowed that I would never go back to what I've seen. You know, and it, and I gave it to my brothers. They were young, you know. I mean, it was before their time, and you know. But I learned a lot from it, and you know, and grab that to now. You know, you have to learn from it because if you don't, you're just wasting your time, and just you might as well just go get a nine to five job. No doubt, no doubt, mm -hmm. and, and that's a that's a major piece of of business in general, right? I coach, teach, and train that. If you don't have replicable steps that create replicable outcomes, you're going to be shooting from the freaking hip all the time. And, and people are like, wait, wait, what? I said, so how do you consistently win in life, leadership and business, let alone translate that success into joy, peace, happiness, fulfillment, love and family time? You better have a process that's yeah. replicable steps that create replicable outcomes. And if there's two things that has and is demanded by life, leadership and success and business, is replicable steps and replicable outcomes in terms of time and money. Do you, did you find that to be true? If you don't have a process for your time, when you prepare, when you're writing songs, when you're touring, when you're making money, when you're generating money and focusing your time on that, and if you don't have a process for what you do with your cheddar, come on, Gotti, true or not true, and what are your thoughts? Very true, man. Very true. Because that, that's the whole goal. If you don't have that process of Yo. Of your money, you know, and, and it, 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 believe me, I, I've seen it come and go, man. Yes, sir. You know, I've seen it, you know, and it was, I mean, you know, be real, Coach Reed, you know, there was times that you, when you're up on everything and you lose everything, you, your face hit ground zero. That mm -hmm. money's gone, the houses, the, the car's got to go back, the jury's got to get pounded or got to go. And they just sit to you and, you know, it, 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 it's, Something that you gotta look at each other, okay, now what's our next move? You know, and a lot of the kids, you know, you that's why I, <clears throat> I always try to teach, you know, like my nephew and nieces now is, you know, really get your 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 your, your corporate structure, you know, get it set where you don't have to live like what you know what we went through. Right. You gotta teach them now because I mean, you know, Coach V, you know, you're 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 a mentor speaker, you're that's what you do, and and the thing is, it, it's it's it comes and goes, man. But if, if that process, if you ain't, man, if you ain't on board, man, it, it's you know, I, I that's the hardest part, man. If you ain't on board, man, you you you're, not, you're just wasting your time. Yeah, there's just time. so much, right, Gotti, that success yeah. demands. But if you're not organized yeah. within yourself. Yeah. And accountable. Right. And people are like, man, mission, vision statement, that shit don't matter. Yeah. But let me tell you, this is, is what I tell my clients. Right. So success and failure is the same path. So then if you have a process that's connected to a mission and a vision statement and your why and the goals that you want that are precise, <coughs> then whether you fail or succeed, you know, the next move because of your mission and vision. 
right? So the mission of my company is to impact how people think, feel, what they do, how they see things and how they say things, right? As it pertains to them working to be their best and live their best life. Mm -hmm. So whether they fail or succeed, that becomes my mission is whether I fail or succeed, that's my next step. My goal is to make $100,000 minimum and within my company every single month. So whether I get the account or don't get the account, the next step is to work towards $100,000 that month, period, right? right? So yeah. then there's the, like the goal is so detailed. It's so laser focused. And if we don't have a mission, so my family mission is work to is uh, every single day that we work to be our best, to live our best life together as a family, mm -hmm. right? So then when we align and have a congruence within these things, then regardless of failure, or the, what I always say is that the path to success is both failure and success. So you learn from the lesson in the path of failure. You learn because the people are like, oh yeah, failure taught me so much. Yeah, cool. But it still doesn't teach you the process of how. Mm. of how to you can learn what the fuck not to do but if you never yeah. learn what to do and then can do it consistently you're never going to have a process where you could not only maximize the business opportunities daily but then the lifespan of that success decreases dramatically come on god mm. true or not wow. true did you guys experience that oh yes we did yes we did <clears throat> yes we did uh it's just a lot, man. But we experienced that really. You know, I mean, yeah. What you just you just said, you just said it out of my mouth. <laughs> Everything <laughs> you said, Coach V, like, wow. Man, I, that's what I was talking to Paul, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, shout out to we me, did, Paul. Yep, yeah, go ahead. But we did, but we did experience that. You know, we did. You know, and and our thing was, you know, to just just trying to, you know. Our whys, like you said, our whys, like, okay, what, what we're doing this for, what is, it's just to keep that legacy, but just to have the, gen, the next generation to not live what, you know, because like I said, I give it to our, my parents, you know, hardworking, I mean, came from the struggle from the islands, came here, mm -hmm. trying to make a better life, they live check to check, but that's all they knew. Right. But, you know, but us taking it to another, you know, trying to do businesses and build your own pillars of of businesses to be successful. But just like you said, you know, it, it's, you know, <clears throat> you wake up in the morning, you know, there's either you have a choice or you have a chance. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's on an individual what you're going to make of it. But I'm going to take that chance or I'm going to make the choice to wake up in the morning to see what I'm going to do. Just like how you said, your goal is, okay, I got to make that 100000 every month. Yep. You know, if you don't set those goals, you know, just like how me and my brothers, you know, that's, that's like for me and Cole, uh, Cole do, especially in the business that in one of our partners that we, that's our, just, just like how you said, you know, every month is, you know, is we set a goal. Okay. What, 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 what this month that we did that was better than last month, you know, mm -hmm. to keep moving forward, you know, and try not to take 10 steps back, but ten, take 20 steps forward, you know, so. Um, but yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, but everything you just said, it's, it's just, man, you just knocked it out of the park, Coach V. Oh, I man. Love, this is... I love hearing you. I can hear you all day, man. <laughs> no, it's all you got it, man. You lived it, man. I'm just, it, it's a pleasure to have you here. And, and before, I want to ask you about memorable concerts. Then we're going to just talk about like what your message yeah. to the world would be, Gotti. But but before that, um, just, sh just share with us, right? this notion because I've never hit a hundred thousand dollars in a month. That's my goal, right? But man, because the goal was that high, I've hit 45 and 55 thousand dollars a month, right? And then so in that I, I, I tell my clients all the time and this is going to be the best year I've ever had period in, in my mm -hmm. entire I've been I've been speaking for 11 years and I finally mm -hmm. figured out my process and it's rolling and all that. But I always tell people and tell me what your thought on this is this. It is better to shoot too high and miss still hitting great great heights versus shooting too low, Gotti and hit your thoughts on that guy wow wow i love that 
That's got to be a T-shirt. <laughs> that's got to be a T-shirt. Yeah. Because, because I feel I think, like if I don't have these audacious goals, man, because, man, if you make 10 grand a month and you live in Elk Grove, California, my wife makes her salary every single month. Yeah. That's a good life. Yeah. But if we shoot for something that's fucking, you got to stretch. You yeah. got to wake up early, go to sleep late, and you got to be relentless in that process, right? Mm-hmm. That's how you get up. You achieve more. Your thoughts, God. Right. 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 I agree on that, what you just said, because if you aim high, you know, and you're going, you know what you got. I mean, if you believe in that product, whatever you're selling, whatever your business you're doing, aiming high, you know, I mean, you know, it's going to come with pressure and everything, but I think that will just, you say, will stretch the process of you being successful if you aim high, but but there's a test too, like you said, if you aim low, I, you know, um, that I think to me it, it, it's it's if you know the level that you know that what you can what you can take on, you know, to me it's you know because me and my brother we always try to aim high to to just not be different but just to be out of the box of yeah you know, we can do this with all the network all the people we got we know they're all in place so we're gonna aim high but if yes, we sir. aim low we're just low barring ourselves that's it's like right. going into a deal. Or, you know, you try to make a deal and they look at us probably, you know, like, oh, okay, some more, they're probably just going to aim low. No. And I tell this all the time. I mean, if you're going to make it, if you're going to do something, aim high on. That's know, right. You know, show them what you got. Show them what you know, what you believe in. You know, so that's why me and my brothers, our, our goal is always try to aim high on what we do. You know, and, you know, that's what we, that's what keeps us, uh, just keeps us uh, on our toes. <laughs> Yeah, right. And, and, and then lastly, on this subject, tell me if you agree or disagree, right? And that's and that's the reason why optimists and dreamers have a higher failure rate than pessimists. Because a pessimist, like for me, I'll be like, well, screw it. I'll just try to make $7,500 a month. Man, I make that in 40 minutes as a speaker, right? And, and then so the pessimist is, is 100% correct most of the time. Because, but that's because of the fact that the pessimist is operating on fear and operating on shooting low because they're scared. They're not audacious. You said the word risk about your brothers, right? Talk about that. Is that true or not true in terms of your experience? And then we'll move on to the next question, Gotti, please. Hold on, Coach. Let me put you on. Okay. Can can you hear me? Yes, sir. I can hear you. Perfect. What's the question again? So, so right, and, and so that's why people are always like, V, why are you so optimistic all the time? And I'm like, well, the optimist misses and is wrong a lot, but that's because he shoots so high and he dreams so high. The pessimist, like for me, I could go, man, you know what? I, I, I want to make $7,500 a month versus $100,000 a month. The pessimist is right because he's operating on fear, but he's not wrong. He hits all the time because it's so low, but then he minimizes his opportunity to maximize success as well as worldwide and, and world experiences. Your thoughts, Scotty? Oh, man. That's a... Uh, uh, yeah, that's a... That's a tough one, right? <laughs> um, yeah, that's a tough one, Kobe. V. I mean, like I said before, it's just <clears throat> you know, everyone else, everyone else has their own way of doing their ways, Coach. Yep. V. Yep. So, like I said, it's all in the individual how you handle your business, and like I said before, just you know, me and my brothers, we just trying to, you know, we aim high because we know what we have and what we're doing. That's awesome. Yes, sir. You know, and, and and it's not taken away from knowing that even if you try to aim low, no, it's just right. It's just, right. We we just trying to set that bar that we know what we got to do and what we what we want to make. You know, I mean, if it's ten thousand a week or if it's, you know, like you said, there's a number to it. But me and my brother, we just trying to aim high because we know it. It just to me it motivates us to work even harder. We want to get to that goal. Yes, sir. You know, to reach yes, it. You sir. know, so. So that's I love my, that. that's my input. That. Yeah, you know, but it's all on the individual how you 
you structure your way of the way you want to do it of your business, you know. That's so right. It's just, you know, it's just me, you know, so. Because we know, all have to live with the choices we make ourselves. Yes. So we better be good with it. I love that. Yes. I love that. God, talk about some of the memorable concerts. Oh, man. One of the memorable times, like, is there an exact or a couple spots where you were in Texas or Vegas or or Carson or Long Beach, L.A.? Talk about that. Got it. Uh, um, our concerts? Oh, man, there's too many. Uh, overseas in Europe, Japan, <laughs> our Asian market. I mean, the Asian, it was when we did the Lollapalooza in 1992. We did the whole United States. That was uh, with Red Hot Chili Peppers and Ice Cube. Talk, yeah, talk us through that. What was that? What, was that a tour? And then and then talk about how that went in 1992 and what you remember about that, Gotti. Yeah, that was uh, 1992. That was the that was a big tour, the Lollapalooza. That was the annual. And um, Gotti, just clear your screen real quick, Gotti. Okay. We can't, we can't see you. There you go. We can see you now. Thank you. So talk about that 1992 tour with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, man. Yeah, in the yeah. 90s, they were the band. Yeah, they were headlining them and Ice Cube. So we toured from there. It was the, we did it like close to I think from all of New York. We flew to New York all the way to the last show was in Irvine Meadows, and everybody was on that tour. Uh, Soundgarden, uh, everybody, a lot of big groups. That was what, that was one of that was our biggest tour. In the states, how many did, cities, Gotti? We went from it was like New York. We did Miami, Chicago, Texas, uh, Arizona. Wow. I think it was like twenty. We did like 23, 23 24 cities. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. And, and what was it? And what's memorable about it? And then I just want to ask, like, just how touring uh, is. Wow. When we did that show, we did one in. It, it was in San Francisco. And Red Hot Chili Peppers did the headline. They were headlining it, and the picture is on Rolling Stone magazine. Right. Um, so we were in our tour bus, and and we were just getting ready to leave. And then the the road manager of Red Hot Chili Peppers came to our bus. He said, Godfather, Anthony, want you guys come on stage when they do the L.A. song. We're like, what? They want to put you guys on stage? Right. Right. So, so we all went to the stage and remember when they did the L.A. song, we all came on stage and Ice Cube came on stage. We all came on stage. So there was a part that my brother Roscoe, he he grabbed Anthony and he put him on, he lifted him up all the way in the shoulder. And it's on Rolling Stones uh, magazine. Oh, I got to look that up. Yeah, you got to look it up. Red Hot Chili Peppers. You see Roscoe holding uh, Anthony. Anthony's on his shoulder and holding the mic. And it, yeah, wrote in 1992, Lollapalooza. It was on Rolling Stone magazine. That memorable right there. And I, I was in the back and I looked. I go, Dad, I didn't know the photographer took the picture. And he's no, hey, it's all over, all over Rolling Stone. But that tour was one of the memorable tours in the States. But we have a lot of memorable shows in New Zealand, uh, in Europe, in Germany, you know, just especially in Japan and going to the Asia, to Asia, to Taiwan, Thailand. But to us, our favorite, my, my memorable show, my favorite was doing our show in New Zealand. Talk about yeah. that. Back in Aotearoa, yeah. right? Come yeah. on, talk about that. You know, because shout out to everyone from New Zealand because it was, when we went to New Zealand, it was our people. When we seen mm. Samoans, Tongans, Maoris, mm. you know, uh, you know, uh, just everyone that's, you know, um, different Pasapika, that, that we felt like, man, we're home. Like, mm. you know, they showed the love and then just us doing the show for our people, for our Pacifica people. That was our best tour. That's what our best show because, you know, everyone looked like us. You now we all looked like each other, you know, and just, you know, our hearts were all the same. And to me, my brother's New Zealand was always our, our favorite <clears throat> verbal um, tour because it was for our Pacifica people and they just showed love, man. They didn't, you know, like I said, I always, we always had love for New Zealand. You know, just doing the show and rocking, rocking that stage and seeing the youngsters. And, and now look, you know, New Zealand is, is blowing up. You know, Don, shout out to Don Raid and Andy and D, Brother D from Don Raid. And, you know, but, you know, just seeing our people, 
that that's what got us, you know, you know, that's what got us. To, and it humbled us when we got back to the States. Mm. Really, because, you know, everyone was all love out there, you know, not coming to the States and, you know, there's politics and there's here, there's there. And, you know, you're, you're wearing this color, you're wearing that color. Come on. New Zealand was all love, man. <clears throat> all man, love. That's <clears throat> an awesome vibe. In that, Gotti, we've gotten to the section of the show where we're just going to just be asking you a couple of questions. We're going to start first and foremost with what your message to the world would be. According to your life experiences, my brother Gotti from the Booyah tribe. Um, and in that, I just want to thank everybody. If you're just tuning in, we're here with brother Gotti from the Booyah tribe. And we are featuring his life, his story and his success and thank you for tuning in right here on Island City where the beach meets the streets. Brother Gotti, what what would be, according to your life experiences, how old are you now, Brother Gotti? Uh, I'm 52. Man, you look great, brother. At 52 years old, what is Brother <laughs> Gotti's message to the world of all your world experiences? Take a minute or two, Brother Gotti. The floor is yours. Uh my message is just uh, keep God first, mm. keep your faith strong, keep your family strong, and keep your culture, keep your culture alive. Don't lose that, man. To our young generation, please do not lose our culture, man. Mm. Keep the culture going. And those are the three things that, you know, <clears throat> my parents taught me, my brothers, is, you know, God, family, and culture. God, family, and culture. I love that. You know, you know and those things that we, we can just live off of, is, it doesn't matter about you making the millions, you're making that. Mm, mm. You know, it doesn't matter. You can, because you can lose it all one day, but you still have God, you still got family, and you still got your culture. You know, talk. you know, never, you know, and just keep humble. And, and that's, that's what I live on. That's what me and my brothers love, because we've been there. We've seen it. We've seen the millions. We touched the millions. We've seen the mm. mm. But when we lost everything, who was there? God was there for us. My family was there. And our culture was there. You know, yes, we don't lose that. You know, so as us Pacifico people, you know, Simone, Tonga, Mari, Hawaiian, Z, let's keep your culture and just keep the legacy for the next generation mm. to learn, you know, to keep, keep it going. Because we're all not going to be here one day. Mm. No, tomorrow I ain't promised, man. So, and love your family. Just, just put God first, man. You know that's what I look at it. He'll Thank you for way. that message. That's a powerful message. God, family, and culture. In that, Gotti, what, what, what's a project? What's the projects that you're working on currently that you can share? Take a minute or two. And how, how can people get a hold of you and follow you on IG like I do? Like, what are your handles? Please share. With uh, yeah, we have a lot of uh, projects. Uh, me, my brother, Kobo, you know, we're going to finish our documentary for the Booyah Tribe. We'll be finishing that um, uh, with um, director of Esteban Oreo. <clears throat> He just did Cypress Hills. He did the LA Originals and he just finished Cypress Hills documentary. So now he's gonna do our documentary and we'll be finishing that up. Um, as far as the music, you know, we're gonna be working on one, one last album, you know, for Booyah Tribe, you know, and uh, with all the families that, uh, and all friends of ours in the industry. Yeah. And, you know, with the uh, we got a book coming out. We have a script that, that's been, you know, we're working on the finish. Uh, we did like 10 years ago, our movie script. And that's for, as far as the music and um, tribute to my brother Gangster Red and my brother Godfather, as we do the documentary and the album, the last album of Booyah Tribe. But uh, as far as business, we have, uh, you know, uh, we're into the cannabis. You know, we, we just did a deal with, uh, um, University of Texas A&M, we, we do their hemp and cannabis program. Yeah, um, uh, Texas University of Texas A&M with my partners. So we have a lot of pillars we're doing. You know, we have, uh, we're doing um, a project on, uh, with, the, with the natives we're on tribal land. Um, so we, have, we, you know, we have a video game. We have, uh, 
working on um, projects, you know, with the NFTs and, and um, um, you know, Metaverse. A lot of future stuff we got going on right now. <laughs> Man, just, that's quite yeah. a list. Congratulations. That's yeah. great time. Yeah, you know, we're going to keep pushing, but everything's getting ready. You know, deals are getting closed. And, but, yeah, um, we're, just, we're just thinking of the future, you know, um, especially dealing with this metaverse and NFTs. Come on, kids. Our kids, wake up. That's the future, man. Really do your research on those. So that's what we're working on. We've been working on for like two, three years right now. And we have some huge projects that, uh, that you know, next time I come on here, to Coach V, I'll keep you updated. Oh, man, let's launch that on this show. Please, yes. me and Q would love that. Oh. We would love to talk it. Yes. So in that, it, how, how do people get a hold of you? So I follow you on OBG underscore Gotti, yeah. G-A-W-T-T-I-E on IG. But what are some of your other handles yeah. where people can connect with you, Gotti? Um, Facebook, Booyah Tribe, official okay. Booyah Tribe. You can do that. Uh, Instagram, uh, OBG Gotti, you know, uh, international. So, yeah, you get me on just um, DM me or that's how you can get a hold of me. Yeah. I move around a lot. <laughs> ah, that's awesome. Man, I just came back from uh, Vegas. Um, and so the next time I get there, next, uh, come over, yeah, I'm going to hit you up, man. I would love yeah. to break bread and hang out. But man, hey, so I was at the Park MGM mm -hmm. and I'm just rolling around and I'm trying to go grab dinner after I had a reception with a uh, shout out to uh, my new uh, Duncan family. Uh, Duncan uh, Division of the Southwest Region, and shout out nice. to all the executives that I met out there at the Park nice. MGM. But Gotti, I ate at this spot called Best Friend. It's a Korean. Yeah. Korean. Have you eaten there? Yeah, I, I know. I know that spot. Tell me that place is fire, huh? It's really good. Now, for those of you that have never been to Vegas and ate at one of these spots, get ready now because the tri-tip that I had, I think, was like $87. And then the kimchi yeah. fried rice uh, cost, you know, like 30-something bucks. But, man, it is Vegas pricing, but that place is fire. Am I right or wrong, Gotti? That place is pretty good, huh? It's fire. But, Coach V, next time you come, I'm going to take you to the spots. <laughs> my man, I'm in. And shout-out to my boy, Wawu who yep. came over and took me out for some dim sum. Shout out to Wawu, who does all the sushi spots there at Allegiant Stadium. And then he's also the ops guy with the NBA and the NFL halftime show. And then shout out to my boy Leroy from the Jets, oh, um, nice. who, who came out. We got a chance. But now we're, we're going to have you at lunch, and we'd love to connect with you too, Gotti. Gotti, yes. um, final, final, what about some of your shout-outs, Gotti? Who would you like to shout-out here on the Coach V Show, powered by Island City? What are your shout-outs, Gotti? Oh, man. Well, I got a shout-out to my brother Q. Yes, sir. You know, to, the oh, Island, uh, to the Island Media family, shout-out to you as well. It was Thank an honor you. having me. And just shout-out to the whole family and friends that are that's listening. And, and let's keep pushing the show, you know, for Island Media um, – for Island Media, man, you know, let's all get on there and just, just you know, let's blow it up, man. You know, got to yes, keep uh, helping each other, man. That's what it is all about. All right. So, everybody, thank you for tuning in to the Coach V Show as we feature the life, the life lessons, success frameworks, and behavioral models, as you heard from your boy, Gotti, from the Booyah Tribe, shared today. In that, I'm going to give him a minute to just do a final send-off, your final, final, and I'll close off the show, Brother Gotti. My final thing is, uh, man, keep God first. Like I said, keep family and culture. And much love to everybody, man. Olofaku. Yeah, man. Uh, much, much alofas to you, Brother Gotti. So in that, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Coach V Show, your personal development show in Hollywood from Dash Radio Studios, powered by the Island City Media Group, powered by and run by my boy, Joey Kenga. Shout out Q and shout out also to Amen. Amon Green, Amon Green, my boy, that Canadian Samoan up there in Seattle, soon to be coming down to Las Vegas as well. And for Brother Gotti and for myself, it's just not for the sake 
of success that we ask that you consider some of the things it is that we're sharing. Should you find value in them, deploy it all over your life, leadership, and business, and you will see the things it is that you want. You'll become more effective and efficient in achieving, but also you will attract the things that you wanted to now chase and be attracted to you. This is how it is that we live here on the Coach V Show, all about faith and family, grateful for God's amazing grace. From your boy, Gotti, out in Las Vegas, shout out to the 702 and your boy, Coach V. Until next time, one love, mad respect, living. Peace.